Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we have quite a bit to talk about or just really one topic but a quite a bit to talk about about that one topic and that is the retirement of the king skump uh he has announced his immediate retirement from competitive call of duty and uh, we're going to discuss him his retirement the effects that may have on his current or i guess his former team now optic texas and kind of his impact on competitive call of duty as a whole but before we get to any of that how are you doing bink I'm all right. Busy day of work, as expected from the news, but uh, ready to jump right into it. Yep. So let's let's start obviously with the biggest news of the day, the biggest news of um, the CDL's year, regardless of, I guess, what happens for the rest of the year. In my in my mind, um, Scump, uh, who has been with Optic pretty much his entire career, he's been the face of Optic since Nadeshot. Uh, left the organization or you know stepped down from the competitive team uh, a former world champion uh, by far you know just one of the best call of duty players one of the most talented call of duty players of all time he announced that he is immediately retiring from competitive call of duty today he announced in october that uh, he would retire following this 2023 cdl season but um, now we are here three months later and he released a, tw uh, a video on Twitter. I, I don't know if he put it up on his uh, YouTube channel or not um, as well. But uh, the tweet is, thanks for everything. And it's about six minutes. And uh, it is a video of him uh, addressing his friends and family and teammates and um, the people uh, most important to him uh, at his house. And uh, he pretty much announced his retirement there. Uh, and uh, it was very emotional. He's he's crying in the the video. Um, obviously, this is a big part of his life. It has been for at least a decade. Well, yeah, at least a decade. You know, fifteen years probably. To be honest with him, uh, but he announced his immediate retirement, and that means Dashy, who was most recently benched by Optic uh, in favor of Hook, uh, he will be returning to the Optic te Texas starting lineup. Uh, in uh, to replace Scump, so uh, let's just start there. The the retirement of Scump. Uh, what's your reactions? Uh, and we'll get into more of the like you know effects uh, as we go on. Yeah, I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I I think the dashy stuff is definitely very interesting. But like you said, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, just to set the stage a little bit in case anybody was out of the loop or whatnot. Um, this wasn't a, a necessarily a total surprise, but the timing was surprising. So uh, entering this season, Scump had previously announced that the 2023 CDL season would be his final year as a pro. Um, he even hinted at the fact that initially saying um, he, even if Optic won every single event this year, he wasn't going to come back. He later went on stream and said, yeah, you know, screw it. If we do win every single event, uh, I'm going to come back. Um, as we know now, though, they Optic certainly didn't win the first major of the season. They, they struggled and got a top 12 finish, uh, not making it out of groups in the uh, Pro-Am style major as opposed to what these other 12-team majors usually are. Uh, but regardless, Scump announcing today that he's retiring was extremely surprising that it's happening mid-season. 
uh, after only one tournament. And more shockingly to me, especially is after oh, a day after a win, uh, the debut of the new Optic lineup featuring Skump, Hook, Ilian, Shotzi. Um, he makes this change. Dashi comes back in. So um, I have some questions, and I'm, I'm sure there's others in the community who are very interested to know what exactly happened behind the scenes that caused this change to happen at this particular time. So, for example, if Skump had did this when the whole Dashy, you know, Arcity's Pred situation happened, it would have made, you know, I, I wouldn't have been as surprised or, or confused. But the fact that it's coming now after they played just one series with this new lineup is is a little odd to me. Um, I think you alluded to it in one of your tweets, and and Skump mentioned it in his video. If you guys haven't watched the video, like Preston said, it's pretty emotional and. Um, I, I thought he did a good job conveying his feelings and just showing how passionate he is, he is uh, about competitive Call of Duty. It's something that's consumed over half his life as a living person. So, um, But he said something along the lines of like he just didn't have the energy that he expected to this year or something along those lines, um, which could be a way of saying he didn't enjoy this game without saying it and without getting fined. You, you know, don't really know, but... Um, um, on a more serious note, it's just, yeah, I, I think for whatever reason, he felt like now was the time. And uh, again, like we knew this was coming at the end of the season at the absolute latest. But um, when, when you know it's your time, I guess you just know. And, you know, going out with a win in an online match isn't the worst way. So uh, many people would have probably preferred to have Scump win one more tournament or win one more champs. But uh, seemingly, this is the end of the Ginger uh, Ninja. So, uh, thank you, Scump, for everything you've done for competitive Call of Duty. It, it's uh, been an honor, a privilege to watch you compete all these years, and uh, looking forward to what you do in content creation and whatever other endeavors you embark on going forward. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how to kind of frame this retirement because um, I tweeted about it, you know, like when it when it happened and i was a little annoyed not at skump but at just activision as a whole because i put more blame on them than anyone uh for the retirements of so many uh competitive call of duty players or just kind of like the um the pushing out of many of these competitive call of duty players who otherwise might have stuck uh stuck around in the challenger scene or trying to stick uh stick around in like the the bad uh, cdl teams and for scump it was not a matter of talent because we saw this season that he has a lot of talent and that he could still compete in the cdl at a very high level he could be on a championship team for example but he didn't want to play anymore. And I think that is a really, really bad sign for Call of Duty as a whole. When the most popular player and one of the best players of all time decides to get up in the middle of the season, what is supposed to be his retirement season, that he is essentially promised fans, like, I want to go out on a high note. I want to finish out one more year and get another world championship. I want to kind of cement my legacy kind of stuff. And uh, essentially a month into the season, three months after he had announced his retirement, he 
decides, no, like this sucks even more than I thought it would. And of course, I'm kind of putting words in his mouth. I'm assuming that is the kind of uh, the code for I, I thought I had more energy in me, which sounds like I thought I could bear through another modern Call of Duty without completely burning out and like hating getting online and practicing and, and playing games. Um, is that the, the feeling you got from it as well? I, if, in terms of the general sentiment about like the energy and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, like I said, just the, the timing of it seems weird to me, just considering there was that opportunity for this to happen before they had an actual roster mm -hmm. and we can talk about Dashi again later, but you know, just to tease that a little bit is like this is the second time dashi has been dropped and and re-picked up in like the last six months ish um so like that can't really be good for chemistry so like if, if there was something some thought of scump retiring mid-season in the back of his head or whatever i feel like the the better time for that to happen would have been before playing just this one online qualifier uh with hook and you know if the the intended uh, obviously optic wants scump as long as Scump wants to keep playing. So yeah. that's what makes me feel like this was something that had to have happened like very suddenly in last minute. And I, I'm I'm hoping that Optic or uh, maybe even Scump does a little more explainer video, maybe like an Optic podcast where they, they talk about just like the timing and the thought process around exactly when this happened just now. Um, but until we get that, I, I really just, the, the, the whole timing of it is, is very confusing to me. Yeah, um, it definitely is because we had the Dashies, um Rambo stuff happening yeah. over the past week or two. And then, like, along the same lines of what you were saying, like, they had they were trying to make roster changes during the holiday break. They tried to get Pred. They, I think, you know, looked into RCDs uh, to see if they could get him as well. And it was never mentioned once then that Scump was a potential option to be replaced. And obviously they weren't going to replace him if he didn't want to be, like you said. But they're, I mean, that was not that long ago. Like, Hook was not acquired not that, like, just a few weeks ago. And and it's kind of, like, he's uh, Scump's already gone. I, I don't know, like, maybe something happened in practice. Or, you know, I'm not saying, like, there was, like, this incident or anything. But maybe there was a certain point where he's playing with this new team, this new roster, and there's all of this drama around Optic, which typically is not the case, like in the sense of, you know, like turmoil inside the, the team and like so publicly. Um, I mean, it has happened in the past, like the the biggest example being like Crim6 and TJ and kind of the fallout of that. And then before that, you had like the iconic Optic roster who was fighting each other essentially and that led to formal end up uh, ending up leaving and and whatnot so uh there are instances of that happening but it just seems very odd that they had so many uh, like seemingly they had so so many opportunities to make a roster change to replace scump but yeah like i i, I think you're onto something when you you're kind of mentioning that it had to have been a real sudden change of heart to just one week into this qualifying, uh, you know, series or whatnot, he's done. And, like, he doesn't want to play anymore. And that's the other part of it, too, is if they had lost this initial match, 
uh, with this new lineup or like, you know, because Scump was playing with an AR, if he had gotten absolutely tucked and just fried in the series, like, yeah, maybe I can see it. But Optic won and Scump played very well. So I I really just, I, I don't want to, I, I don't really have anything to speculate on, potential reasons even, but I just, I'm really interested to see if we'll ever uh, get more of an understanding of the exact timing behind this. Because it's literally, it said in Scump's video that it was January 16th when they were all at his house. Last night. And the, the match was on Sunday, January 15th. So you, you would assume it was last night, the video, like late. It looked kind of dark. And then they played at like 4.30 Eastern on, on Sunday. So it had to have been like a 24-hour thing, seemingly, from the end of the match to when he has those people at his house where something happened and I don't even want to say something happened. Cause like you said, nothing could have happened. It, it, just, it could have just been something. He could have woke mind. up on, yeah. yeah, he could have woke up on Monday. Like I'm done with this shit. And you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that is a very common thing. Like, you know, you work at a job or you, you do something for a long time and then you're like, man, this sucks. Like I, I'm just not going to do it today. Like I, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I mean, I've done it with exercise about a thousand times, but it's a little bit different for him, I guess. Um, it just feels weird that, like, this was so sudden. I, I mean, you got I got your text where you were like, you want to do a pod tonight with the skump news. And I was like, I was thinking, like, what is this skump news? And I look on Twitter and I see the video. I, I wasn't, like, I don't think anyone could have expected just, like, right now. Like, just, like, he's done. Uh like January 17th, just a few weeks before the second major, just a few weeks yeah. following the first major. Like, um, but, uh, like my other point that I made when I was tweeting was like, it is quite similar to karma's retirement in 2020. He was on the Seattle surge. The surge were absolutely horrible. One of the worst teams in the league that year, and they were having a lot of issues and it did not look very hopeful for them. And it turned out they didn't have a lot of hope to begin with, but he was on a really bad team. He wasn't playing particularly well. And it was also the first year of the CDL. So there were a lot of change uh, happening around that time as well. And he made it until I think June, 2020, which would have been about four to five months into the CDL season. Skump made it a month. And I I have to think like, and it's not that, and like I said earlier, Skump, it was not because of a lack of talent or that he couldn't hang with these players or he was quickly fading uh, into the background. None of that. Like it, it might've been true for Karma in some ways, but it wasn't true for Skump. But he decided to retire anyway. And I have to think, like, Karma said it. Like, he said it blatantly when he retired. He retired because he hated Call of Duty, like, modern Call of Duty. He hated Modern Warfare 2019. And now we're on Modern Warfare 2, coincidentally, in 2023. And Skump retires. This is not a good trend for Call of Duty. Like, literally, the... What, whom some people uh, regard as the greatest of all time, Karma, the first three-time world champion, uh, multiple-time major champion or whatever, tournament champion. He retires midseason. A few years later, Skump, the most popular player currently in Call of Duty, I think the second most popular player of all time in Call of Duty history, 
and he retires midseason. Um, do you think there are going to be more players that do this where they they just find they just like kind of get fed up midseason? I'm not saying this year particularly, but just like in general, do you see this becoming more common that players just kind of say like screw it, I'm done? I I mean, if the the games are going in a, a downward trajectory, I could see it, but I feel like it would be more common in challengers uh, than the pros just because, you know, un, until there is expansion, we're, we're at 48 pros. So that's, that's a pretty coveted, highly regarded spot, at least within the community and mm-hmm. uh, relinquishing it like when you're younger or something like that would be very questionable in my opinion. Um, but now that now Scump's done it, I mean, really, you're, you're looking at like Clay and um, as, as one of the last like old guard, you got guys like, you know, Slasher um, who weren't around as long as players like Clay and Scump, but still Slasher uh, is one of the more tenured vets uh, in the scene, but trying to, you know, you got accuracy. Attach has um, been around a while now. Attach, yeah. But even Attach, like, he, he really got his start in AW. You know, yeah. you're, you're looking at guys like Clay and Scump competing all the way back in Black Ops 1 and even before that in the PC, PGLs or PCLs. PCLs, PCLs I think, yeah. Um, like, in the OG MW2, not this, this new shit. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could be something. Um, maybe, you know, if we do reportedly have this two-year cycle for MW2, maybe we see it continue to happen. Uh, if there is no continued or any updates regarding a potential new title at the end of this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, there could be players at the same time who are hopeful for the next Treyarch title. Um if that upcoming Treyarch title isn't like, you know, doesn't already have a ton of pressure to be the savior, it could even have more pressure if if more players continue to leave during this MW2 season. So um, a lot to look at, I think. Going back to your original question, it's certainly something we could see uh, more players retiring midseason if the games don't improve over the years. But I, I think that's just the key is is finally getting a title that, players are happy to play again then we don't really have to have this conversation but it's also a question of whether that will ever happen again yeah i i have very little hope as i think you do like that will actually happen that we will like there will probably be a game at some point that people like better than the previous cod because we've had that before like um i mean like black ops 4 was not the end of the world like i thought it was pretty fun at times and even cold war is not like as poorly received as like some other recent cods but like we're never going to get black ops 2 we're never going to get mw2 we're never going to get cod 4 we're we're never going to get and and partially that is just because like things have advanced so much like people's expectations and what they want in a game are a little bit different than they were like 10 15 years ago but um it's just like we're just not going to get that. It's they've given uh, they being Activision and Infinity Ward and Treyarch to an extent. They haven't given any Call of Duty fans any hope 
that this is coming, that this savior game is coming. They always try to hype it up as like, it's better than, like, we have a feature that is better than this. We have improved on this. And it's like, have you though? Like, really? Like, if you have improved the this feature and that feature and this game is supposed to be better than the last, then why does every single Call of Duty game get worse than the previous one or the the one before that? It just doesn't make sense, and it's been a really bad trend. I don't know what the last Call of Duty game is that... Like, I think Black Ops 4 was probably the most fun I've had playing ranked in, in quite a while. But if I wasn't playing with, like, you and Tremor and the guys, like, in our group, like, I'm not... I probably wasn't going to play by myself a whole lot. And But in Black Ops 2, I didn't know anybody, and I played by myself forever, pretty much. Because it was fun. I don't think we're ever going to get that again. I don't think we should even hope that any of these developers are able to do that. Even with an additional year that may or may not be coming. We don't even know. So I mean, not to get too off topic, but even with Scump, like, um, priorities change for people. Yeah. Over time, Scump's engaged now. Got a mm-hmm. house. A gorgeous house that everybody, I'm pretty sure that's the house everybody was in. Uh, for that video and uh, you know even you yourself like comparing Black Ops 2 to Black Ops 4 you know you got your girlfriend your dog looking after and stuff so priorities change Um, but that's a whole other different topic I just want to throw in too we're talking about players potentially leaving mid-season if that trend continues there also has to be a way to try to recycle you know as as those older players exit we want to have that next uh, up-and-coming talent coming in, and I mean, you know, this year we're, we're pretty fortunate we got Scrappy, Joe Deceives now, but uh, even compared to past years, like, the, the number of rookies in the league is is seemingly uh, a little down, so I, I just think an, another entire problem with that is, is no rank play in this game, right? Like, um, yep. I, I still haven't gotten a chance to really look into Jodeci's history or whatever, but I feel, I, I saw him tweet, like, he wants to stop being called the ranked play kid, but I'm pretty sure that's his backstory, is, like, he he was frying in ranked play in Vanguard, and that's how he got noticed, got signed by CDL team, and now he's actually in the CDL. Um, there's there's no possibility for that to happen for anybody right now, right? Um, and, and even looking at the newer generation, saying newer generation might not be the best phrase, but, you know, looking at guys like Simp, uh, Illy, even guys who aren't currently in the league, like Decimate and Blast, like they are really the last generation of that that, that true young S and D talent. Where the S and D scene really isn't what it ever used to be. Uh, GB's dead. Seemingly online tournaments are dead. There's not, hardly any wagers, or you know, there were some S and D eights. I, I know Pac was trying to start and, and other pros and such. Um, but just uh, no ranked play, none of that really happening. It's it, it, There's really no great way for um, Call of Duty at this moment to try to recycle that that the young guys coming in to replace the older guys as they retire. So that's an entirely other dif- different conversation we can have. And, you know, definitely want to focus on Scump here, but that's felt like something we should at least mention here. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good point. And uh, I mean, even Scump, like, Scump was grinding ranked play and GBs. Like, that's kind of the reason that he's so popular. Obviously, Optic has a lot to do with that. But the Road to 100 uh, and O series, like in Black Ops 2, 
um they were playing gbs like who who's playing gbs on stream nowadays like nobody like money eights used to be a gigantic thing thousands and thousands of people watching pros play against each other in eights who's doing that not a lot not a lot of people um it's just not great not great for anybody um and i I think we have to mention just the overall effect of Scump, like his kind of his persona or his uh, reputation. That kind of person leaving is really bad for Call of Duty. Like not even just like a, from a talent perspective and kind of like his accomplishments, but look at how many followers he has on Twitter. Look how many subscribers he has on YouTube or how many subscribers and followers and viewers he has on Twitch. A lot. He has more than anybody else in COD. And just like when Nade Shot left, there was cause for concern for like, okay, how do you replace someone like this? You can't replace them, but like in the aggregate, can you get other players to like make content and kind of branch out into like YouTube and and figure out a way to bridge the gap between other esports? So someone from CSGO might find a video or a stream of nade shot or scump and they're like all right like let's that's cool like i like what they're doing i like them maybe i'll watch an optic match who like there aren't a lot of guys that are doing that like i know there are some call of duty players that are actively trying to kind of broaden their um kind of their whatever like their following increase like the followers and the subscribers they have but at this point scump's gone nade shot's gone um, pretty much every of, of those old optic players are gone. Clayster is still around, but he's not like the, the entertainer that those guys are like, he's much more competitively focused than, than the, the, you know, the optic guys. Um, I mean, even like someone like Merck is like kind of half in half out. He's more focused on like the streaming stuff and he does the CDL broadcasts like every major, which is you know, he's, so he's doing it like four or five times a year. It's it's concerning, and I don't know if if quality is going to be able to survive like some of these bigger, more established players going away because they are kind of the only like household names in like esports. Because people that have no idea what the CDL is or like what Call, uh, Call of Duty esports is like, they know of Scump. I don't know how many more players there are that are like that. And I think it's a it's a really bad thing for the CDL that someone like Scump is going away. Well, I will say, I, I think it is, you know, we, we've said it enough in this episode in the past, but this was an inevitability. It's just something that the league and Call of Duty fans have been facing uh, for years now is that mm -hmm. Scump is going to retire. Um, I think it's a little gassed that, like, Scump retiring means that viewership is just going to drop off a clip. It might drop a little bit, um, but at the end of the day, Optic should still be the most watched team. Viewership should still increase when Optic plays because people, as, as much as people watch for Scump, the green wall is going to support, you know, Optic no matter yeah. what. Um, but I will say is the saving grace for the CDL, in my opinion right now, is that they're allowing co-streams. Yeah, and I think... Sure. The first time Scump turns on that Twitch stream for a co-stream for an Optic match at Major 2, assuming he does it, he did say in his goodbye video that he's going to go to events. And um, 
you know, meet people and stuff like that. So maybe he doesn't do it for the majors. Maybe like just this weekend, for example, for Optics Online match. Whatever it is, the first time Scum turns on that stream for a co-stream, it, it should absolutely just pop off. Um, and, and that'll be the new Scump effect. And instead of his him bringing viewers to the mainstream, they'll just be coming to his stream, presumably. You know, I mean, I guess we could be wrong here if, if Scump doesn't even do co-streams, but I would be incredibly surprised if he didn't. Um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I watched Zuma during Major 1 have over 20,000 viewers for his watch party for the flank, and um, it was super entertaining. I, I could only imagine Scump seeing similar to higher numbers for his own co-stream, uh, if that's what he decides to pursue now that he's not actively competing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and something definitely watch out for, uh, because those are going to be He's going to have a lot of viewers. It's, it's I think, ridiculous. too, just in general, the first time he turns that Twitch stream on now after this announcement, it's it's going to be something we got to look out for to see if there's, you know, what kind of viewership and stuff he has. I think I saw Courage might have been the one who tweeted it. Um, let me look before I say it because it was pretty funny. Uh, my computer is not working. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's it's kind of like when Dashy got dropped in the off season and then he turns on his stream and he has like 10,000 viewers just hoping he talks about it. Yeah, Courage tweeted at, at 5.50 tonight, hey bro, at Scump, hey bro, throw the stream up, I'm trying to see how high the subtrain gas get. let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, it's it's going to be a wild stream whenever he actually turns it on for the first time after this, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, real quick, we should talk about Dashy though, yeah. slash this this new lineup. Yeah, I was I was going to go there actually. So uh, like I said a, a little earlier, Scump is being replaced by Dashy. Um, Dashy had been replaced by Hook uh, before the major two qualifiers began. And it's been kind of a... Um, it's just not been great for the optic fans. There's been a little bit of a civil war going on between the Rambo camp and the dashy camp. Um, is Rambo focused on bowling or is he focused on cod is, is dashy, not a good teammate, um, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're going to get a little bit of a, um, a taste of what, what's to come, I guess. Uh, now that Dashy is back in the lineup, so the, the lineup for Optic Texas at the moment is going to be Dashy, Hook, Illy, and Shotzi, which is an absolutely disgusting roster from a talent perspective, but it has to be wondered what kind of chemistry issues there are, if uh, if there are any, um, just considering Dashy has now been dropped by Optic or benched or whatever twice. Uh, Illy has been dropped or benched once in the offseason. Hook is a new addition who's been on a few teams in the last few years. And Shotzi is Shotzi. Like, he's he's the golden boy. He's, like, the, one of the best players in the world, and um, he deserves so much credit. Uh, but it's going to be real interesting. How do you see this going for Optic now that Dashy is back in the starting lineup? Yeah, I, I, you know, I first want to say not taking any sides in the Dashy versus Ray, uh, you know, civil war as you coined it, or however you want to look at it. Um, but I do want to say I still think Rambo is one of the smartest minds in Call of Duty right now. He's he's one of the smartest players to ever play Call of Duty back when he was competing. Uh, he was one of those guys. He he wasn't going you know double positive every game, but he was making the right plays on the map and doing the little work and the, the dirty work to try and get his team to dub. 
uh, he's, he's just a really smart mind for Call of Duty, even, you know, going back to his time when he was working on the development side of the game, uh, trying to help competitive from that aspect. I just think he's a really smart mind. And the notion that he, he's not helping the team or, or whatever the argument is about him leaving early, I just got to say, you know, you you know, working with me, I, I've left work a couple days early, 15 minutes early just to go to softball. And it's like, that doesn't mean I didn't do my job because I leave 15 minutes early. And I'm, I'm not saying that's necessarily the exact scenario here with Rambo, but I think that's a little ridiculous. If, if people are like, there was that one tweet Rambo had where he was like, I left the last map of the last day and then I came back and I watched the VOD and I still gave my feedback on those maps or whatever it was. It's like, He's still doing his job, even if he ended up leaving 10, 15 minutes early. Um, So I just thought that was a little ludicrous in the entire argument. But uh, all that drama and stuff aside, I think that is the key word here when looking at this new new roster is how's the chemistry, how's the drama going to affect the team? Uh, What's the chemistry going to look like for the squad? All that stuff, because um, it stuff was said and, and things happened, right? Like, you know, how are Dashy and Rambo going to uh, coexist now after, you know, having these, these things said online? What, what's it going to be like with Shotzi and Illy and Dashy again if, you know, anything happened between them behind the scenes uh, when Dashy was benched? Like, um, as, as you kind of mentioned, it's it's undoubted, undoubtedly an extremely talented roster on paper, and as talented as Scump is, you could definitely make the argument that especially just because Scump hasn't played as an AR a lot throughout his career, that Dashy is a more talented main AR than Scump. I, I think, you know, some people might throw up pitchforks over that, but I, I don't think that's a very crazy statement to make just because uh, although Scump played very well in his one series as a main AR, um, I, I think Dashy's one of the most talented main ARs just from a pure talent perspective and a, a kill-slash-slaying perspective uh, that the CDL has right now. So talent-wise, you, you could make the argument that the, the roster might be more talented, the roles might make a little more sense with Dashy back on AR, but um, yeah, I just think the chemistry and seeing how this team gels now with, with everything that's transpired behind the scenes leading up to this point, uh, that's what I'm most curious to see how it all works out. It was actually mentioned by Skump in his video. Um, he mentioned that, uh, I'll just say the quote, quote, bringing Dashi back made sense. Life is too short to hold grudges and be mad at each other. So I hope he uses this opportunity to be a good teammate. And Brandon, I'm going to be on your ass. Please use this opportunity well, because I am falling down so you can go up. I mean, that is like one of the most inspirational things somebody can say to you. Um, And whether that gets through to Dashi or whether it even needs to get through, I'm not, I don't want to be like a, a sports psychologist or an armchair psychologist and say like, I know exactly what Dashi is um, or how he is in practice or whatnot. Like I, I absolutely don't know. And that's why I, I don't really care about any of this Dashy Rambo stuff. Like I see people getting mad at Puckett for defending Rambo yeah. on the stream. And I see people trying to, um, like attack Rambo, attack Dashy for various things. I think it's just a communication issue. Like the like they didn't communicate properly. They didn't get across what they needed to get across. Usually that's usually pretty much every conflict ever, uh, like in an interpersonal relationship, is you don't communicate well enough or they don't or or both. And I mean if Dashy really had a problem with 
Rambo leaving early to go to bowling. He should have said that. Like, honestly, like he should have just said, like, I'm kind of annoyed that you leave for something else. And Rambo can all could always say what he wanted to um, at that point. But I, I just don't think it I think it's resolvable. Like, it doesn't seem like this should end a very like potentially good roster that this drama between one of the players and the coach I don't think that should be a, a major roadblock, but we'll see because Optic, of course, struggled uh, at the first major of the season with Scump and with Dashy. Now, without Scump, Dashy coming back after kind of a tumultuous few weeks, Hook in the roster, I think it's it's going to be a really, really intense situation for this team because if they don't do well in these qualifying matches to finish out and going into major two, there's going to be a lot of noise about whether Dashy should be dropped again or whether Hook should be dropped or maybe even Illy should Rambo be fired. Like the fans are going to be on them. They already are, but they're going to be on them even more if in the wake of Scump's retirement, they're not able to rebound and kind of find a groove. I also think there's a possibility that this is just a short term thing. They weren't, like Dashy being in the lineup is not a long-term solution and that they would rather just kind of wait until they get to post-major two when they can actually try to go for another player. Maybe Pred. I I mean, Seattle had a really bad week um, that we'll eventually get to, but um, Pred, uh, he might be on the market. Uh, I, I'm not saying he is or not, but I think that Optics... Optic probably wants him quite bad just to kind of, if things keep going poorly for them, they will want to try to salvage the season somehow and getting Pred on this roster may help. Um, but uh, that that's uh, that's to be seen. Um, I, I will say that, yeah. you know, when, when this first, the news first hit earlier today, I think it was like one of those scrim Intel accounts or whatever tweeted that Dashy might be reinserted into the lineup. People were initially thinking it was for Illy because Illy is reportedly facing visa issues right now. He just played yeah. in optics last match from Toronto. Um, so yeah, I saw that on Twitter and when I was thinking, yeah, I mean, that would, that would make sense if maybe optics scrimming without with Dashy in place of Illy, just in a worst case scenario where Illy can't go to major two. Uh, but obviously we got a totally different curveball in this scenario. Um, back to what you said though, about, you know, Scump basically calling out or not calling out, but like, uh, you know, challenging Dashy in his retirement speech. Like if, if that doesn't light a fire under your ass, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not, gonna sit here and pretend to be dashy but if i was in that situation and a guy like scump is gassing me and saying i'm falling down so you can rise up or whatever his exact quote was like that that would hit me and i know dashy really likes valorant if, if i was him i would uninstall valorant that immediate second after hearing that quote and i would only be focused on proving all the doubters wrong and getting a championship for not only scump but optic um the other thing just briefly mentioning that the roster situation now too is that there there was that video we talked about last episode i'm pretty sure um where scump was talking about the roster period and saying that like there was a scenario where shotzi uh basically said he was going to leave the team if if scump didn't play and, and now we're in a scenario where scump isn't playing with shotzi so uh what does the future hold for shotzi it certainly seems like he has the keys to the castle and, and should be the following 
the the face of optic following Scum's decision to step down, but uh, there could be massive ramifications from this, not only you know in just optic, but across the entire league. If a if a pred size move were to be made now in the wake of this, optic is usually the the domino that kind of tips over all the other dominoes. Um, when they make a roster change, things usually get shuffled around. I think we even saw that in the off season when. Um, there was just the potential of Optic making a roster change and the one day uh, Illy and Dashy getting dropped. Uh, I think that kind of panicked some of the other CDL teams because, you know, you, like Optic has money. They're able to get a lot of players that, you know, some of those bottom tier teams uh, just won't be able to afford uh, or I guess like they won't want to afford. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I think... It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Optic, but uh, I'm gonna be very interested, even more interested. I, I was I was kind of I was definitely keeping an eye on them with the Hook stuff, see how Hook performed and how he would kind of integrate into this roster. But now this roster is completely um, completely different, like the dynamic and everything uh, you would expect, and um, it's just gonna be interesting. I I don't. Do you have any other angle that you want to tackle this from um, about Scump's retirement? Uh, not really. I think just in general, uh, Scott Dewey wrote a very interesting opinion piece today um, for Dotty Sports. If you guys haven't read it, you can go ahead and check it out. Um, but just the notion of who's like going to step into Scump's shoes from a standpoint of being the face of Call of Duty and whatnot, um, I, I think it's a very interesting question. And like we were kind of just alluding to, or at least I was, uh, Shotzi seemingly should be the next man up. You know, face of Optic, star, SMG Slayer, um, seemingly has every opportunity to do that. But it's also just something that, um, you know, we we raise points and we're talking about it in, in work chat earlier today. Like, you can look at guys like Simp. Uh, he was really, you know, Scump basically broke on the scene when he was 16 or maybe, I'm pretty sure he was 16, but he might have been even younger in Black Ops 1, uh, maybe 15, I don't know. But, you know, he, he was that young guy underage. He couldn't even compete at, like, the first champs he was actually eligible for, and then they had to uh, get him in the next year or whatever that was. But, like, um, from that perspective, you know, you had Sam who basically couldn't compete right away even if he was ready to had to wait until he turned 18 then he makes the grand finals of his first event uh scump actually won his first event back with leverage and black ops one but uh besides that point you know you, you got guys like simp there who just absolute studs although he's not an optic um he definitely has the talent to be the face of the cdl going forward uh, then you get a guy like attach we kind of mentioned him but from the the perspective of uh, being a competitor and content creator at the same time, Attach has really been one of the more consistent pros in terms of still producing content while competing. Mm -hmm. uh, you really just don't see it that much from pros nowadays, and Skump alluded to that in his uh, retirement video where he was talking about just how hard it is to compete and do content at the same time nowadays. But um, just the overarching theme I think, or the question of, of who could replace Scump, I, I think the best answer is nobody. Um, they're, at least right now, are on the radar, however you want to look at it. Uh, there really isn't likely ever going to be another Scump. He's essentially irreplaceable. And uh, 
a once in a lifetime generational talent in terms of his impact in not only competitive COD, but from a contemporary content creation and entertainment value, uh, what he brought to the scene in terms of viewers and, and, and the optic as a whole with content and everything. Like it, it's just a big void that uh, his retirement leaves the scene with, but hopefully, like I just mentioned earlier, he, he shouldn't be going too far away. Uh, with his stream and YouTube he, and potentially co-streams or whatever, uh, we, we should still see plenty of Skump going forward. And I think that's the, the most important thing for, for fans of actually Skump, um, who might not be huge into competitive COD, but we're watching for Skump. Uh, the, the silver lining for them, at least, is they'll still get to watch Skump doing what he loves, just in a different form. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there is a replacement, and it's kind of just a a product of where we are in competitive Call of Duty, uh, where Skump and Nadeshot got so big in, you know, like, Modern Warfare 3 and Black Ops 2. And, I mean, the... I think just the dedication that you have to have to competitive and like kind of finding nerd spots and practicing all of the time, it's, it's increased, I think tenfold really for these like high level pro players. Um, I, I mean, you just have to look at what optic we're doing in like 2013 and like whatever, 2014 when they were playing Minecraft, like they were dedicating more of their time to a game that they weren't playing competitively because of content than they were to actual call of duty and if that happened now and i'm sure there are players that dedicate more time to valorant or csgo or league than they probably should uh just based on like their competitors but um you know nobody's really putting out content like that and i don't know if there's like a real appetite for all that content because it's just like uh, that's yeah like do people really want to watch you play gbs or like it's just kind of it's just a really different space than it was 10 years ago and that's um it's unfortunate because you would love for someone else to get that opportunity and i think that there are a lot of really great personalities in call of duty i think uh, fat tony aka methods is uh, among the most entertaining people in all of esports just like his his personality is amazing and uh but i don't think he's ever going to get the opportunity to just kind of show that off on like as big of a stage as skump did when skump did um and there are always great personalities uh throughout call of duty um but it's just it's kind of uh like lightning in a bottle i so to speak like the way that skump and nade shot captured the the audience that they did when they did like it's just not gonna happen i don't think anymore uh, i mean maybe if uh like call of duty in general just blows up again like and yeah. competitive gets really popular then yeah that that can be like the door uh through which like people get big but uh, i just don't think that's happening i think it's more likely that happens in like Warzone because of like the the time that Activision puts into that and kind of making it even bigger than normal Call of Duty or multiplayer. Um, so I could see it happening in Warzone, but I think uh, for a competitive Call of Duty, that's kind of past, unfortunately. But um, there are definitely some players that could get a respectable, a respectable um, following and kind of make it into um, – kind of a career instead of just like a competitive kind of fleeting moment where they're just competing all the time. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I mean, who who wants to watch X Pro play MW2 2020 as opposed to watching Scum play Black Ops 2 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, and you know, like like you said, so not only are we for a potential, not even saying that it's a guaranteed way to replace Scum's impact or Nate Shot's impact from the pack, even in the past, even um, for that the potential to that to happen. Not only do we now need a, a Call of Duty game that players actually enjoy playing and fans actually enjoy watching, but we also have to have that sort of like boom, like kind of like the Fortnite boom when Fortnite first dropped. Yeah. Um, and that's building up to be a, a very tough recipe to uh, follow or, you know, just something that, that is seemingly even tougher to uh, see become a realization as opposed to just getting a good COD game. Not only do we actually need to get that good COD game, but somebody has to actually take advantage of it and have it blow up on a global stage similar to the past. Um, but yeah, we, we've talked about this enough at length now. We could go on for days talking about how important Scump is, and I think that's just a tribute to uh, how, exactly how important he has been to the competitive Call of Duty scene over the last decade plus. Yeah, but we've spent almost 50 minutes talking about him uh, and kind of like his impact and what what impact, I guess, this uh, specific retirement will have on the COD scene. But it's really unknown like to what what what's going to happen uh, with Optic, with the rest of the CDL, um, how this will in the short term and the long term affect uh, Call of Duty Esports. But um, I guess you can always check out the Ego Chow podcast if you want to hear what we have to say as as things happen and uh we'll kind of update you as things hopefully get better but most likely don't um we should probably at least give uh we don't really have too much time left so let's uh kind of fly through these uh major two week one qualifying matches um i mean i guess the the biggest story of the week was scump uh and optic was probably the biggest story of the week just in terms of like how are they going to look with this new roster um but yeah let's get through these qualifying matches we'll uh we'll kind of make this brief because we don't really like to go over uh, over an hour um that much so uh friday january 13th yes i did turn 25 it was a fun birthday and uh toronto uh and london faced off in the first match of the week toronto won 3-0 uh we both picked the ultra not too much of a surprise anything that stuck out to you Nope, this was Scrap's debut, and I think, you know, we were both expecting Toronto to win. I think a majority of fans were expecting Toronto to win as well, and uh, that's what happened. It was kind of a quick series. Yeah, so I saw something earlier on Twitter. Uh, so breaking uh, at GG uh, Breaking Point on Twitter, they tweeted uh, that on stream, Zero revealed that Paul X will replace him in the London starting lineup, and for the time being, Zero will compete in challengers. So if that holds to be true, I don't think Zero is going to lie about that, to be quite honest. Um, so Paul X uh, allegedly coming into the, the London uh, Royal Ravens starting lineup uh, in replacement of Zero. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I was going to talk about it after oh, one and second match, but um, I, I just think nothing's really gone London's way since that first week of the qualifiers. Um, even in their second match of the week here, they, they got reverse swept. They had a chance to take down a team like uh, Minnesota, but you know they weren't able to seal the deal. They get reverse swept. Um, 
seems like another change. Makes sense. Like I'm kind of surprised. It, it obviously based on what Zero was saying, you can't really you know know too much of what happened. But I wouldn't be surprised with Zero being the veteran that he is if he stepped down. Um, he's still competing in challengers, so it's not like he's retiring too. Like. Um, so, so it very easily could have been an organizational decision, but Paul X had just like said he was taking a step back from competing in general. Um, so that seems a little weird to me, but regardless, it's, you know, Paul X, Nasty, um, ASIM and, and Scraps, uh, London's been one of the worst teams in the year, especially since that first week of the qualifier. So, uh, they only have, can go up from here, really. So we'll, we'll just have to see how this new squad, if they're able to change things around for the franchise. Yeah, I think with the Pollux thing, him taking a step back might have just been, I'm going to chill out until the next Challengers Elite or something or the Challengers Open, see what happens. Um, but now that he actually has an opportunity to play in the CDL, it's kind of hard to pass up. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that works out for London. Uh, Boston versus Minnesota. Um, Boston, uh, kind of surprising. They uh, sweep Minnesota. I mean, I picked Boston, but I wasn't really expecting a sweep. Um, but I was expecting a little bit of a rebound from Major 1. What did you think uh, of this match? Yeah, I think that was the... I, I really didn't know how to judge Boston heading into these qualifiers just because of the whole circumstances surrounding their major one mm -hmm. uh, with awakening feeling sick or under the weather at the time and then having to having to play with a sub in the top 16 match and them getting eliminated top 16 uh, obviously a not ideal situation for Boston as a team so uh, it was a little tough to judge them heading into this but this just showed you know Boston looked decent during the online matches ahead of um, Major one, they, they looked better when we were using the M4 as opposed to the SCAR, so people were questioning if the meta change affected them. Uh, but I think this this is a big win for them over, you know, seemingly two middle-of-the-pack teams here in Minnesota and Boston. Uh, Boston kind of showed people what they're capable of when they're firing in all cylinders and potentially, uh, at the time of this match, at least raised some questions around Minnesota, what, what's going on in that camp. Yeah, uh, Vegas versus Seattle. Uh, we both went for the surge and the the Vegas Legion, the the Fighting Legion. Uh, they they win a series uh, again. They're, I mean, they're like in the top half of the league right now. So they're Vegas is winning champs. Um, any thoughts on this? Because this is amazing for for Ego Chow fans, longtime Ego Chow fans. Yeah, I mean, this is surprising uh, result on paper, but I kind of mentioned it. Last week when we were just talking about it, you you don't know what happened behind the scenes chemistry-wise with the squad, uh, with the whole Pred the Optic situation. How, how is the team going to respond to uh, potentially losing their star player? Will there be any hard feelings or anything like that? And, and we obviously don't know the answer to those questions, but uh, Seattle had a tough week after coming off, you know, a solid performance at the major. And the only thing that happened between the major and this match was the, the uh, drama as, I don't want to say drama, really, for Seattle's side, but uh, just the situation of them potentially facing the a situation where Pred leaves. So um, at the same time, we, we've saw this before, and we noted it last week, I believe, that we've seen Seattle and this lineup in particular be one of those up-and-down teams where last year they would go on a win streak and then immediately follow that up with a losing streak. So uh, maybe that's more along the lines of what's happening uh, i don't really know we're just gonna have to see how seattle responds this following week 
Florida versus LAG. Um, I think we could probably talk about LAG's two matches here, just uh, connected. Um, so the first match, they lose 3-2 to Florida. Three very close series in the middle. Um, the the search and the first search, uh, the control, and the second hard point, uh, very tight games that Florida ends up winning um, in a game five SND win. And then in their second match, LAG, they uh, were somehow like, I, I mean, they lose to Florida, who is not considered to be a very good team, all things considered. And then LA Thieves, the defending uh, world champions, um, who are obviously having some issues of their own. Uh, the Gorillas win their first match with this new lineup. So what are your uh, your thoughts uh, as you've seen just now two matches from this uh, new look LAG? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they looked pretty good. Like I said last week when we were talking about this uh, roster change in general, we're going from having a bottom-of-the-barrel CDL lineup in terms of the standings to – uh, one of the best challengers teams. So it, in theory, they, they should have gotten better just based on how the, the challengers players were performing as a core and adding Arcities in there, one of the one of the best and most successful Call of Duty players in history. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously was surprised by the uh, L, the win over LA Thieves, but uh, they, I, I was really impressed with how the the squad played. Joe Eves had a lot of pop off moments. Uh, Exceed went nuts after they beat uh, LAT, just basically calling out Draza for stuff that happened over three years ago, <laughs> which was pretty comedy. But um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing more out of Joe Eves. I, I was excited to see him get a chance. I, I thought he lived up to the hype in his two matches thus far, and I'm looking forward to seeing more out of him. Uh, as I kind of mentioned, I, I was expecting them to beat Florida just because I, I thought that was a very winnable match for them in a first first uh, CDL debut for someone like uh, Joe Deceives and, and just the squad. But um, I would have expected them to go one and one this week, just in reverse order, winning against Florida, losing to Thieves. They did the opposite of that. So uh, they're technically in the same position I was expecting them to be in. Uh, what were on the subject uh lat 0-2 on the week lost to new york 3-1 lost to lag 3-1 um is it too early to be a little worried for the thieves i think so i i think um ideally this isn't the place they want to be but they showed last year that they uh might take a little longer at least this actual core lineup um it might take them some time to get a grip of the game, and as they showed at the end of last year, they, uh, if they figure it out, they can be extremely dangerous. So it might be some of, something similar along those lines of uh, them just needing more time to get a grip of the game and whatnot. Um, I, I wouldn't panic. I, I mean, I wouldn't. If I were to panic for whatever reason, I don't even know where to begin with what kind of change I would make to the team. So I, I think we just got to keep seeing what they're able, if they're how they're able to respond to this adversity early on in the season. Atlanta, 3-0s, Seattle. Of course, I picked Seattle in this. Um, <laughs> I mean, it looked like Atlanta was just kind of back on top, you know, like the same old Atlanta phase that we've been used to over the past few seasons. Um, what What did you see uh, in this match? And what did you see of Atlanta, I guess, this weekend? Yeah, it was a stomp. Um, Simp had that nutty 16 streak, which I believe they said was – is or is the CDL record now? 
Um, it doesn't oh. say in the tweet. I think they said on stream though that that's the new like high kill streak, which you know that's nine kills off a of nuke. That that's pretty uh, remarkable, especially against a team like Seattle. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the phase we expect to see. Uh, maybe not against Seattle, a team that they have notably had uh, many struggles against over the last year. But um, if that's the phase we continue to see, we, we might be looking at our major two champion. Obviously, it's a little early to say just based on one match, um, but it's only a good sign for them if they're able to beat a team that they struggled against in the past so convincingly. Yeah, uh, I mean, you said possible major two champion. Uh, New York definitely has to be up there. They 3-1 uh, LAT and then Toronto has to be up there as well. Um, we yeah. talked about their 3 0 win over London and then they beat Florida 3 1 on Sunday. Um, do you like who, who are your top three right now? Uh, now that you've seen, I guess, another week of online matches, I guess you know, right now you have to go with New York, Atlanta, and Toronto, probably in that order. Um, it seems a little unfair to to knock Seattle out of there because you know yeah. they're zero and two this past week, but they did just come in second. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 seems like if I had to limit it to three, I would do with that. I, these were two, you know, for for Toronto, two very winnable matches mm -hmm. against Florida and London. If they had lost, I would be concerned, but. Not even necessarily concerned, but obviously they they took care of business against the team they're supposed to be. So can't really you know gain too much from that other than just Toronto's a really good team, and I was excited for them coming into the season. They have a lot of potential, and uh, I think they're only going to continue to get better the more these guys play together. Yeah, and of course Optic Boston, uh, a lot of stuff has happened since, but um, I mean a a, a competitive game. Um, and Optic ends up winning it. Uh, you've mentioned a few times during the show, just, uh, you know, you were very interested in the result to see how things would work out for Hook and, uh, and Optic. And you thought maybe even if they lost this, uh, it would be a little more understandable that Skump uh, retires like two days later or a day later. Um, any, any overall thoughts on this? Uh, this is pretty much the last game that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about Minnesota-London too specifically. Just, okay. you know, yeah. I mentioned it was a reverse sweep. Um, if Minnesota had lost that series to London, who was already struggling themselves, um, that would have been a very big red flag for me for Minnesota. Uh, they were able to pull off the reverse sweep. I think I saw uh, The Rocker tweeted a video of like one of their like interview, post-game interviews of, with Attach, and I'm pretty sure he mentioned they were all playing from home because of food poisoning or something along those lines. Uh, not so not to make excuses or anything, but if Minnesota had lost that series, I would have been, you know, like kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, they were able to regain and pull off of the reverse sweep. So um, instead of talking about Minnesota struggles here, we are talking about uh, London struggles and making a roster change. Um, but I, my, I will have my eye on Minnesota this week and heading into major two to see how they perform, you know, if they're able to uh, rebound from a, you know, they, they played well in the opening qualifiers, didn't have a great performance at the major. I think they mm -hmm. got top eight, maybe top six. I don't really remember. Uh, it had to have been top six or top eight, though, because they made the bracket, and I think they lost to Toronto. Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota, they, lost that, yeah. they lost to Vegas as well, so um, I think yeah. they got double first rounded in the bracket. Yeah, so I think they got top eight then. Yeah. Um, so regardless, I'm going to have my eye on Minnesota heading into these next set of qualifiers. Um, but back to Optic versus 
uh, Boston. That was a really good match. Um, very close in the uh, second hard point, I believe. Yeah, Embassy hard point went 250 to 244. Boston made uh, some plays towards the end to force the game five. And then Optic, who have notably struggled, uh, we've talked numerous times on the podcast historically about Optic as an organization struggling in S&D. Uh, but lately in this title in specific, they, they had multiple leads at the major where they were just throwing 5-2, five, 5-3 five, leads away and couldn't close out S&Ds. Uh, in this series, they were able to close out a game five to take the win, um, despite a strong performance out of Vivid in the game five. And, you know... If we didn't have Scump's retirement news looming over the fact, we would be I, I would have a totally different conversation here about the potential for this team, uh, how strong they looked and, and able to close out an S and D just being a good sign of things to come for the squad. But that point doesn't really matter anymore because we're gonna see a whole different squad for Optic. I guess not a whole different squad, but you know, no scump plus dashy. Uh, kind of a different squad. But I will, you know, kind of mentioned it without saying the specific numbers earlier in the show. Uh, scump went 94 and 77, mainly using in the, an assault rifle. He did have like a highlight reel clip on uh, hotel control. I'm pretty sure where he was using the Vaznev. I can't remember if he picked it up or something like that. But uh, regardless, scump had the highest KD in the series at a 1.22. Hook went 95 and 83, had the most kills in the entire series, beating out scump by one. So, uh, obviously, can't take much more away from that match now that there's a totally different conversation to be had around the Optic team. Uh, but we'll have to see how uh, the new Dashy, Hook, Shotzi, and Illy squad are able to gel. And uh, they're going to have some tough tests this upcoming week. Definitely. Uh, we both went 6-4 and four this week, and uh, we're also both 16-18 and 18 on the season. So... Um... I mean, better, but not great, but we're, we're still improving. We're getting there. Yeah, we're scaling. Um, we have uh, the week two qualifying matches uh, coming up, and um, we'll, let's start on Friday, January 20th. We have the New York Subliners versus the Florida Mutineers. I mean, I'm no surprise I'm going to go with NYSL here. Yep, me too. Uh, Seattle versus Optic. I'm going to go with Optic. I'm not feeling Seattle right now. They're probably going to win now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seattle, but uh, could very well see you know Seattle continue to struggle and Optic just win. LAT versus Toronto to round out Friday. Uh, I think you have to go with Toronto, uh, but there's always the chance that LAT does kind of turn it on at this point. I'm going with Toronto too, but this should be a, a really good match. Saturday, January 21st, Boston versus Vegas. I'm going with the Legion. Uh, I'm surely just screwing them at this point, but uh, I mean, I might as well hop on the bandwagon. I'll go with Boston. London versus LAT. Uh, I'm going to go with the Thieves. Yep. Toronto versus Optic. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Ultra, but I'm very interested in this matchup just to see where this new Optic roster kind of hangs with what who I consider to be like a top three, top four team. Yep. I'm going with Toronto too. Uh, should be a very entertaining match. And the final match of Saturday, FaZe versus The Rocker. Um, I'll go with FaZe, uh, but again, another uh, two interesting matchups to end the day there. Yep, going with FaZe too. Sunday, January 22nd, the final three matches of the week. Uh, the Vegas Legion versus the London Royal Ravens. Going to go with the Legion on that one. Yep, Vegas is winning champs. 
LAG versus Minnesota. I'm going to go with Minnesota. I, I'm going to go LAG. Oh, wow. Uh, and to end the week will be a rematch. Or no, not a rematch. Uh, just a really good match. Uh, NYSL versus Atlanta, uh, probably the two best teams. Um, kind of depends on who you ask. Maybe Atlanta might be third if you really highly rate uh, like Seattle or Toronto. But um, Atlanta versus New York, I'm going to go with New York. This is a rematch because I think they played yeah, it wasn't, losers semifinals. Yeah, I wasn't too finals. confident. But yeah, now that you mention it, it was loser finals. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Atlanta. You said New York? Yeah, I'm going with New York. Okay. So that does it so, for our predictions. Again, we both are 16 and 18 on the season, uh, and we'll update you next week on where hopefully we'll be 500. That would be nice uh, if we could get to 500. We got some... Uh, some big differences here, so should be a little shift in the standings. Yeah, it looks like to be a pretty exciting weekend. Obviously, um, this is the first weekend for from a, for a long time that Scump has not been involved in uh, COD esports as like a, as a player. Um, so that'll be interesting. And I uh, like you. I think he will end up co-streaming, and it'll be pretty big for the community to kind of rally around Scump and. Uh, I mean, I'm sure his viewership will be crazy if he does end up co-streaming. Um, so that's something to watch out for as well this weekend. Um, so yeah, make sure to follow, subscribe uh, to the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, we also live stream on Twitch. Uh, the episodes, uh, twitch.tv slash podcast. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you're listening on to make sure to just to rate us very highly uh follow us on twitter at jbink with two k's at prez buyers and at ego chow podcast the next show um probably tentatively january 24th uh that's when the live show will happen and then it'll be the early morning of january 25th that the actual podcast will uh hit your feeds hopefully so um kind of expect that next tuesday or wednesday uh and on that one uh we'll be recapping uh the qualifying matches that we just predicted and uh whatever fallout comes of the call of duty esports scene maybe a, an update on the scump stuff if we get any more information or if he does a co-stream or whatnot so uh some things to uh talk about for next week and then we'll obviously preview or uh, give our predictions for the final week of qualifying matches before major two um but yeah that about does it for me bink take it away yep Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, obviously, a heavily scump-centric show as opposed to other recaps and uh, preview shows for CDL action, but hope you guys enjoyed. Um, let us know in the comments or wherever if you're you're watching the, the feed or listening, if you, you have any feedback or uh, just maybe if, if you have some strong memories or favorite moments throughout scump's uh, career, uh, let us know in the comments, and uh, maybe we'll read a couple off in our next show. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this weekend of matches. Should be a good one, as we highlighted with our, our preview there, and uh, gonna should be interesting. So thank you guys for tuning in, and remember to send the chow.